I am sure that when I was young, I was easily distracted. Uh, I am sure that my mother or father would tr be trying to get my attention and I would be far away being uh, consumed by thoughts or dreams or ideas or whatever takes control of a young child's mind. And I had a whole new appreciation for what my uh, mother and father, my parents went through once I had children of my own. Uh, my mom or dad also probably said to me, like I remember saying to my children, look at me, look at me. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Uh, I pretty much, I think, said the exact same things my parents said to me. I used those right back at my children. Uh, and I am sure that uh, I did look at them for a while when I was young, but then would slowly drift away to other thoughts and to other perspectives, to other desires. Uh, and I'm sure that that got me, that drifting, that dis those distractions got me going in the wrong direction more than once in my life. But no matter what our age, I will not ask for a show of hands, but I believe this to be the truth, no matter what our age, it is easy to get distracted, uh, to get consumed by unimportant stuff, uh, even you might say being eaten up by it, uh, uh, being pulled down by it. Uh, it's like when I was out clipping uh, the other day uh, in our yard. This bush I was clipping was covered with this weed that I don't remember seeing before but uh, must have slowly over time been creeping up and around this healthy plant, almost consuming it, almost being pulled to the ground by it. It was literally everywhere intertwined within this plant. And I pulled and pulled and got a lot of it out. And you could almost feel the relief that this bush had. I could hear it say, ah, as it sort of uh, stretched and just, you could see it felt like life was upon it again. But I'm also sure that that weed is still out there, uh, just waiting for an opportunity, uh, threatening to take control again. And that, of course, is just like what happens to us in this journey of life that we find ourselves on. Uh, uh, there we are, doing great, following a path that affirms who we are as children of God, what it means to be a person of faith, beautiful creations of God, living in the way that we were intended to live. But then there are these things threatening to pull us down, to consume us to take abundant life away from us, to keep us from growing in the way we're called to grow as beautiful creations of God. 
I don't know what those things are for you. Sometimes they might be pretty obvious, like an attitude that you might hold, or an addiction of some sort you might have. Uh, sometimes it's less obvious. Maybe it's actually even the job that you have. Maybe it's the folks you hang out with. Uh, maybe it's some past event that you have not let go of that continues to creep in your life, that threatens to consume you. For all of us, it is probably many of these things that threaten to take control of our lives and distract us from living the way that God intends for us to live. And it's a fine line. We're sort of a mixture of it all. And this is sort of the point that Amos is making, is talking about in that prophecy that we heard in that eighth chapter of the book of Amos. His prophecy of God showing him this basket of summer fruit. Now, if you know summer fruit, you know summer fruit looks great on the surface. Um, it's beautiful at the start, but it's usually a little too ripe, and it's not quite as good on the inside as perhaps it looks on the outside. It's soft in the middle, and it's just on its way to rotting. Have you ever picked up one of those summer fruits and brought it home from the grocery store? And you're like, ooh, I can't wait to eat this beautiful piece of fruit. And you get it home, and you cut it, and it is too far gone already. Sarah is an expert at picking up those sorts of, those sorts of uh, fruit. I am too. Um, if you've done that, then you know what Amos is talking about. It looks great the day we get it, but by the next day it's gone. We too also might look good certain days, and other days are less than good. And this is why Amos says, warns us, that we might be like the people Amos is talking about, just waiting for Sunday, just waiting for church to be over so that we can get back to the distractions of life. Get back to giving in to those realities that are creeping around us and in us and through us. Getting back to forgetting, Amos talks about, forgetting the needy, forgetting our own walk, forgetting all that we're called to be about as people of faith. Forgetting what it means to be a person of faith in the midst of this world that we live in. Amos reminds us that we cannot forget what happens around us. We cannot forget what ICE is doing today and has been doing leading up to today. We can for not forget those who are strangers in our land and what it means to welcome a stranger. We can not forget the reality of the crisis that is occurring in our climate. We cannot forget the disparity that exists between the poor 
and the wealthy. We cannot forget what it means, no matter how hot it might seem like it gets in this world that we live in, what it means to be a person of faith in the midst of this world we live in, and the call to action that is required of us as people of faith. The reality is that when you let God into your life, things should be different. We should not be distracted by lollipops or by wealth or power or privilege. We can not let the distractions of our life keeping us from being the people that God calls us to be. God's presence in our life does require us to reevaluate, to restructure what our priorities are, what our choices are. And this is what Martha didn't get, as we see in our gospel lesson today from the 10th chapter of Luke. Martha is assuming that she could invite Jesus into her house, invite Jesus into her life, and then return to business as usual. She was going right back to her many tasks with nothing else any different, or at least she wanted to be the one who decided what changed in her life and what didn't change in her life. And there Jesus is telling Martha and telling us that it doesn't work that way. Once Jesus is invited in, once uh, we call ourselves people of faith, life should be different. If we really invite Jesus into our life, if we want God at the center of our life, then we need to keep from being distracted by things that keep us from being the children of God we're called to be, the faithful people we're called to be. We have to be focused. Martha welcomed Jesus into her home, which you have to understand was a big thing at that time in that culture. Obviously, she was on her own, and to welcome Jesus in, to welcome a stranger in a rabbi, a man, into her house, into her home, would not have been something a woman at a time would have normally done. But then, after doing that, she could not forget all that distracted her and take that next step, fully feeling the presence of a living God in her midst and being changed by it. Mary, on the other hand, does. Uh, She does what also would have been unheard of in that moment when Jesus comes into their house. Mary actually sits at the feet of Jesus to be taught by him. And you have to understand what a radical thing, again, that would have been at that time. Women at that time were just not supposed to do this within that culture long ago. 
but she sees an opportunity before her and risks reaching for it. And Jesus responds, she is not distracted by what other people will think. She's not distracted by what normally fills up her day. She's not distracted by the norms or what's goes on, what is acceptable, that some leaders in her society tells her are acceptable. Or by whatever else is consuming her attention, she knows the presence of a living God is in her midst. And she focuses on that and lets everything else go. And this is what we're called to do in this life we lead. And it's not easy. Especially as things happen both within our control and outside of our control that fill us with distractions and uncertainty and fear and frustration. We're called to focus. This isn't hypothetical. This is what it means to be a person of faith. This is what is expected of us. This is the type of example that we need to set for others in our life. Jesus makes an invitation to you today to let him in, to risk letting your faith take control of your life, to focus your life, to guide you on this journey that you are on, through the choices and decisions that you make in this life, even choices and decisions that might be outside the norm as you think about what is your purpose and what is your calling, even choices and decisions that fly in the face of what others might be telling you you should be doing with your life or you should be deciding in this moment. You're called to be rid of whatever else is threatening to take control and to get rid of whatever distractions is threatening to pull you from real, full, abundant life so that you can say, ah, and feel that opportunity to grow to a light that shines for you and in you and through you. Let Jesus in today like Mary did and see what real life is all about. No matter what your age, this is the invitation that is before you today. This is the invitation that's before every one of us every day. Jesus wants in. Our faith wants to take control. Will you let it in? Will you help our society? Let the stranger in. Will you help our society not be distracted by wealth or by privilege? Will you yourself not be distracted by those things that are so temporal? Remember what is permanent and eternal. Will you let your faith be the focus of your life in this most easily 
distractible world. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you on this and every morning, asking for your healing, asking for your hope, asking for hearts strangely warmed, crying out for those in need and for ourselves to be people who respond to need, to listen to the prophets of old and to a Savior born for us, to deal with the distractions of our life that pull us from abundance and from fulfillment and from affirmation and to see where focus on you and our faith might bring us. In the midst of each and every day, dear God, we ask for your guidance for us individually and guidance for the ministry that we share in together. Allow everyone here to know that you speak to them today. No matter what's happening, in any of our lives that you call our name. In the midst of the heat, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the possibility, help us to let you in. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's join together on page 2213 in the Faith We Sing hymnal as we sing together, Healer of Our Every Ill. Please stand if you are able. Mm -hmm. 